welcome to Switchbacks, a travel podcast where we reflect on our year visiting all 59 U.S. national parks. Whether you're planning to visit your very first park or you bleed gray and green, we're here to share our insights on exploring, understanding, and loving America's best idea. Thanks for tuning in. Today we are sharing about an increasingly problematic challenge that parks face. We'll also read a few of the best one-star national park reviews and let you in on a giveaway we're running. Cole, I haven't coughed in like a whole 30 seconds. Yeah, it's a you, miracle. Did, you did really well on the intro. I was so impressed. I'm really worried about this podcast and how many times I'm going to have to edit out my coughing. Yeah, for the last, oh, at least... A week and a half, I've been sick, and then and I guess came... who gave it to me? Well, yep. We do live together. Yeah, I guess that happens. Not surprised. But then I went home for Thanksgiving with this this cough. It's not, uh, you know, it's not really anything for me at least, except a bad cough. It's super annoying. And then, of course, I went home for Thanksgiving and proceeded to give it to half my family. So, sorry, they Grandma. Really, they really appreciated that. Sorry, Madeline. And me. And Are you sorry? Sorry, Elizabeth, Thanks. I guess. Yeah, you've been really... <coughs> there Speaking we go. Of, that felt a little better, though. You've been really feeling down. Yeah, I've been like on my butt for the last couple of days, just not being able to do much of anything. Yeah, so I haven't been sick like this in like four years, I think. I didn't miss a day of school, and I taught for three years. And then last year, we neither of us got really sick. Yeah, overall, we were really lucky on the trip, which yeah. was so fortunate. Just a couple days in the winter with the abrupt climate change of American Samoa to Hot Springs National Park, 30, 30 degrees, 20, yes. 20, 20 degrees overnight. Anyway, not that was like, a shock. Yeah, not like the climate change we're going to be talking about today, though. That's true. So enough <laughs> whining about ourselves. Um, let's see what we've got for this episode. So, starting with parks in the news today, instead of quizzing Cole, we're just going to read some funny... This was one of my favorite things. To, I, think, I think it was about a year ago that Backpacker came out with this article about one-star national park reviews they found on Yelp. And people are just hilariously annoying when it comes to visiting the parks. Um, you so, know, very picky. You And it, it, it's, a, it's like a review. So people are very opinionated when it comes to anything. So here are some reviews of Glacier National Park currently on Yelp. We love Glacier National Park, but we can't stand the ridiculous shower rules at St. Mary Campground. Most likely the other campgrounds, too. Time to get real, National Park Service. If you can't provide a hot shower for campers around the clock, maybe we need to outsource your jobs to a private company <laughs> that puts customer service first. Lose the attitude and fix the showers. Yeah, Glacier, what the heck? <laughs> Here's another one. They said, this is not that nice of a park. It's overcrowded and overpriced. I can understand needing a toll road if the money is meant to maintain the roads, but having a charge just to deter people from using the road is extremely ridiculous. Isn't a road meant to be driven on? Compared to the national park not too far north of here, 
I wouldn't waste time visiting this one. And to round out, we have cold. I went in mid-June, but I still felt cold often. Overnight lows in the mid to low 40s. Rainy. We got lucky, and it only rained once out of the six days we were there, but others aren't so lucky. It can rain often here. Whiny. So, yeah, thank you for that insightful commentary on Glacier National Park. Um, On to our main topic for today, parks in motion. Now you see them, now you don't. Mainly, we're talking about climate change here, which is a huge hot topic in the parks right now. And we were kind of surprised to learn that the NPS does have an official stance on climate change. It is, um, you know, a very uh, often controversial political issue. Yeah, I think the media tends to make it a like a conflict, you know, and portray it as this this um, controversy. But the NPS is very, you know, scientific about it. And they just say that climate change is occurring and it's human caused. So those are the two things that they they definitely believe and they definitely share with visitors. Yeah, and honestly, who knows how that will change with the new administration. That could be a totally different stance uh, with a new Secretary of the Interior and new National Parks Director, so or National Park Service Director, so we'll have to see. We will see. <laughs> but for now, the four main areas of emphasis include using research to guide decisions, adapting to an uncertain future, reducing carbon footprint, and education of the public. So that is all that the National Park Service is working towards. And we saw all of all four of these things in action last year, I think, at a lot of the parks that we visited. I don't think we really went to many parks and didn't hear about climate change. Whether it was, you know, just a um, like a sign at the visitor center, a display, um, something in their in their brochure, some uh, some kind of information was usually always given to the public. Yeah, we could have really picked any park to talk about climate change, whether it's affecting the wildlife there or the natural features or the shoreline or whatever. Um, Dry Tortugas that we talked about in the last episode is a perfect example of one park that's super uh, affected and will continue to be affected by climate change because it is so low uh, in the ocean. Yeah, with a little bit of rise in the sea level there, the whole structure of Fort Jefferson is is, um, in jeopardy for sure. Yeah, and we went to tons of different uh, ranger talks, which were all really good. And they really taught us a lot about climate change in the parks. M- most impressionably, I at Sequoia, I remember um, <clears throat> the ranger there was very passionate about climate change and how yes. um, she was just very scientific as well and had all mm-hmm. kinds of charts that she brought with us as we did our nature walk. She talked about each different topic and how it's affecting the sequoias. Do you remember how it's affecting the sequoias? It's due to the 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 type of precipitation that's coming down is not in not as much in snow and it's more in rain. Right, that's it. Because they really drink a ton of water, so the sequoias mm-hmm. need so much water, and they're just they not... can't get the same effect from the snowpack that that forms now that 
or no, they need the snowpack. Snow. They need the snowpack. Sorry. Right. I remember that now. It, you know, there was a ton of talk when we were in all the California parks about the drought and how much it's really affecting you know, the landscape there um, permanently. But we're, I guess let's just go ahead and get straight into our, our two parks for today. So, um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about Glacier National Park, which is a very, almost like the poster child for, for talking about climate change within the park system. And then we're also going to be tar- talking about a park, Hawaii Volcanoes. And that one has, the reason we're, we lumped that in is because we wanted to talk about sometimes, um, you know, beyond climate change, the parks, parks just change and shift and move. And, you know, it's kind of a symbol for how, we are out of we're it's out of our control. <laughs> yeah, the so, parks are alive. Right, sure. very alive. So these are definitely two parks that are in motion, and you better see them now before they change. <laughs> so it, Glacier National Park is really the poster poster child for climate change. Um, its namesake glaciers are in jeopardy of disappearing, and an actually an interesting fact I remember from our visit was that the glacier of Glacier National Park is it's not named after the glaciers that are there but the huge Ice Age glacier that originally shaped the whole park with all of its mountains and its bowls of glacial lakes and everything so it it's interesting and a, a big misconception that it is named after all the glaciers that are there now. Yeah, so that's just a side note on the, you know, the origin of the name glacier. But it still, you know, obviously refers to these gorgeous glaciers that that are um, fill up the park. Now, we got some facts from the from the NPS website and according to them in night in 1850 there were about 150 glaciers in the area that is now the park. Um, by 1968, these had been reduced to 50 glaciers. Today, it's already down to 25. Um, and of those glaciers, they're much, much, they're, they're just remnants. They were much, much smaller than, you know, what they have been in the past. Yeah, it's just a huge rapid retreat. These glaciers disappearing up the mountains. Uh, and it's not just in the park, but worldwide. I remember, it, well, in another park, Kenai Fjords, it was so stark to see uh, the, I believe it's Mendenhall Glacier, is that no, right? Mendenhall no, Mendenhall is in, oh, it's Exit. Exit, Exit Glacier. Glacier. Yeah, Mendenhall is, is in, Juneau. in Juneau, which yeah. you could see the same thing. But Exit Glacier there, you can see the markers that they have for each um, like 60 years ago, the glacier was here, you know, and then you get to that marker and you see like a quarter mile away where the glacier is now in the distance. Um, just crazy. So the they also say that at the current rate of, of you know, warming, of global warming, um, that by 2030, all the glaciers in Glacier National Park will be completely gone, which is just crazy to think. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how we experienced Glacier. It was right, so we were on our way west right after visiting the Pacific Northwest and uh, Olympic National Park. So we 
hugged the Canadian border, got into Glacier. And And it was in early May of this year, of 2016. And so that's very early, for those of you who might know, very early in the season of Glacier National Park to visit, considering, um, you know, they get giant snowstorms even into June. Um, The road is usually, the going to the sun road is usually only open for about, you know, usually June and July and August. Some, a lot of times it doesn't open until halfway through June. This year, I, I know there was a huge snowstorm around Memorial Day, and it was closed again um, and wasn't open, you know, until after that. And so it, you never, you just never know. So for us, it was very early in the season. So keep that in mind with, you know, when we talk about all of our activities. Yeah, and the first thing we did was on the west side. So there's the the west and the east, and since going to the Sun Road, which is the artery that connects the two was closed, we had to visit them separately and just go all the way around the park. So first we started in the west. We saw the huge Lake McDonald, which it was super windy and cold when we were there. Yeah, it looks so like there, an ocean. Yeah, big waves. And our first hike was to Avalanche Lake, and that was just gorgeous. You know, the the glacial lakes there all look similar, but they're all so breathtaking that it doesn't even matter. Uh, and it was so pretty to hike along this creek and get to this lake that you could see all the mountains encompassing it. Um, then we went to Bowman Lake. N- night one, we camped there. Yeah, which that was the first time we heard a wolf. <laughs> Yeah. That was I, the only time we heard a wolf. And it was terrifying. We pulled up to the campground. It was evening. And it was snowing. And it's it was snowing. So that's how we set up our tent in the snow. Um, I think we hung out in our car a little bit that night. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and there was there maybe only two other people in the whole campground. Um, but we we right when we were about to lay down and go to bed, we heard wolves. And it was like I had never, you know, from being from small town Missouri we heard coyotes all the time Um, but this was not a coyote and I was wondering if I would ever be able to tell the difference oh yeah (laughs) that was a definitely wolves that did not seem very far away from us it was terrifying yeah I thought it was super cool you were not as much a fan I had to sleep with headphones that (laughs) night just some white noise to get me to fall asleep I actually during that whole visit of Glacier, we recorded sounds and we did a post on our blog, switchbackkids.com, called Sounds of Glacier with all types of natural sounds. And I tried to capture the very intermittent intermittent um, wolf howling, but it was so far away that it just didn't come through. Didn't what, sound very far away. <laughs> what, what I did capture, though, was Elizabeth being like, Oh my gosh, it's a wolf. I'm yeah, so go listen to that. So that's freaked ex- out. exactly what I sound like. <laughs> so day after that, though, we did a huge hike in the Bowman Lake area, 12 miles to middle and lower Quartz Lakes. Yeah, so more glacial lakes, which were gorgeous. Yeah. It was a nice little 12-mile trail. I think we were hiking on snow for part of it, but not much. It was it was since it's a little pretty low elevation. Um, it was fine even in May. Had our bear bells, had our bear spray, didn't Still run into any problems. Dying of fear. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it was a lot more wooded there uh, than in the east. 
but which we realized once the next day when we uh, drove over there and camped at St. Mary, which is the entrance town. And in a campground, yeah, St. Mary campground, campground which was too. super pretty campground. That's the one that those Yelp reviewers were just complaining about. Right, right. <laughs> no showers, but you know, it works. The travesty. Uh, so at St. Mary, we drove the road, you know, as far as we could, going to the Sun Road, saw, um, you know, just that whole, uh, I don't know, along the lake, um, Lake Josephine, and... That was the Many Glacier. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm that mixing was the up, next day. I'm mixing up spots. Getting confused. There were, there were a lot of stops, though, just along the road. We did a little hike down to a waterfall called Virginia Falls. Yeah. Um, and we did a couple, like, little short trails that were just right off the road. And then, of course, just kind of stopping at the overlooks and um, taking it all in because the road itself is just gorgeous. Super worth it. And we got some visits from the fox at camp. Remember that? I do. That was a really cute little fox. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the last day we were in Glacier, we went to the mini Glacier area and actually kayaked with our inflatable kayak through uh, Lake Josephine up the little connector stream to Grinnell Lake. And Which was a really cool way to do it. We actually, yeah. so since the stream was flowing pretty pretty hard, we actually got our kayak out and, what do you call portaged. that? Portaged. Portaged about a quarter of a mile up to the lake. On our way back, though, we just did the did the stream. Yeah. So the Grinnell Glacier, which we couldn't hike, you know, the upper trail because it was all snowed in, but we could get to Grinnell Lake with a view of the famous Grinnell Glacier. So that was amazing and saw... Um, like cross some streams and stuff because the trails were all snowy and you couldn't get across, blah, blah, blah. It, 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 the snow made it a little more exciting, it was, I think, It was general. fine. Yeah, it yeah. was okay. It was better than I thought it would be. <laughs> the kayaking was really fun, though. I really enjoyed seeing the scenery from a kayak because that's when we actually saw our first grizzly bear up on a cliff from our kayak, and I felt totally safe because we were far enough away from it to where we could just kind of sit and watch it just kind of like, you know, walk across this cliff, this really steep cliff area. And so that was a good first first uh, grizzly bear viewing for me. Good, yeah. Good, comfortable. Pretty close, too. He was just digging around, looking for his roots, and who knows what else. But he didn't care about us, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so that was our experience at Glacier. Of course, the retreating glaciers didn't really affect us, which is not the point. <laughs> you know, not the point of how the NPS deals with climate change. They're not really focused on the visitor experience, which they shouldn't be. <laughs> you know, it's mostly about preserving the, the elements and preserving the area. And then also really just studying the changes. I think that, well, you know, something we heard over and over again about how the NPS is addressing climate change is from a from a um, standpoint of how much do we step in? How much do we intervene? And I think that's the question that the NPS is also really dealing with right now. Um, you know, given all of this current research and their scientific, their, you know, the NPS scientists are constantly studying. I think the question, though, that they're asking themselves is at what point do we really step in and, and do something? 
Yeah, and eventually the visitor experience, though, will be super impacted if yeah, there aren't any more glaciers there, which would just be a shame because, as I've said many times, Glacier National Park is uh, has a special place in me, my heart because it was my childhood favorite uh, out of all the ones... Um, you know, we took several vacations as a family to national parks out west, and Glacier was my favorite, and still still is a very special one to me. So, you know where else they do tons of studying of the the natural constant, phenomena? Constant, constant. Is Hawaii volcanoes. Yeah, so that's the next park we're going to be talking about. And that deals with the the in motion part that we're talking about is the lava flow which really I think deals not we didn't hear too much about how climate change has a specific effect on the lava flow but that's more a symbol of like we said earlier how the earth doesn't care about visitor experience necessarily there the 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 Natural features there are just alive and constantly changing. Yeah, and you see that every now and then with natural disasters that happen at all different national parks. You know, when we were in Congaree, there was a huge flood and the whole swamp was flooded. And that happens every so often. And just like in Great Smoky Mountains yesterday, it was the big, uh, the big wildfire and getting that under control and closing the entire park. Um, you know, and I'm sure people were a little upset about that. Not everyone was very happy about it, but it happens and nature doesn't care. And avalanches and even big bug infestations that kill off whole uh, forests of trees that uh, lead to national or, or wildfires and those bug infestations are caused in many cases by climate change. So it's all so interconnected. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, yeah, the whole uh, web of nature is is constantly moving. But... Uh, this was a park where we really saw that firsthand. Yeah. And the first, when you get there, you see in the airport all of these images on the brochures and the tourist guides of lava waterfalls and... You know, uh, fire spurting out of, like, right at your helicopter. Right. Just insane pictures. Uh, not necessarily the experience you're going to get. Uh, when Especially in this decade. Right. <laughs> it was like that at one point, kind of. Right. The latest major eruptions were just in the 60s, right? Mm -hmm. There were, I think there were 60s, and then back in the 20s, there were huge eruptions. And in the 60s, they, you know, in the, the a reason why we loved the Hawaii Volcanoes video so much, we've talked about this before, is that they actually showed real footage from the 60s, which was so cool, of the, of the eruptions. Yeah, so... You and people just flocked to Hawaii to see it. I totally would. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's actually got a lot of activity going on right now. Uh, a lot more than when we saw it in January right. of this year. Yeah, when we visited, there was basically 
um, not a lot going on. So you have the Hawaii Volcanoes area, and sometimes there have been lava flows that go straight into the uh, ocean, and you can go to see those uh, if you're lucky on certain trails. Right now you can. Yeah. We just checked out the website. The current updates as of this morning. There's a an active flow into the ocean that you can hike to. I think it's like a seven-mile round-trip hike, so it's not too easy, but you can get there. And the um, view from the Jagger Museum, which is one of the, you know, one of the main, there are two visitor centers, and that's like the, the um, information visitor center, I guess. Um, when we were there, you could just go and see the glow from the lava lake of Kilauea, and the pictures that we, I saw today actually looked like, you know, things were kind of spurting a little bit more. So those visitors are getting extra treats. But we didn't see any of that lava flowing into the ocean or lava spurts. When we went, there's a big crater in the middle of the park. And within that crater is uh, a lava lake. And we just basically saw the glow of the lava lake. We didn't even see the lake itself, except for maybe one time late at night. Because you go late at night when you can actually see the glow really intensely mm-hmm. and bright. Um, and I we saw a couple just barely spurts getting up over the rim. Right. We um, I think we borrowed someone's binoculars maybe for that probably probably we did that a lot (laughs) yeah um but we also you know you learned so much from the jagger museum and the uh, whole volcanology exhibits they have there Um, really cool stuff these scientists that just go out on these lava flows and stick their uh, thermometers in the lava and there was I love the story about this guy who well I didn't love it it was kind of tragic but uh, <laughs> this guy was walking around on the lava flow and suddenly this part that he thought was solid just heated back up and dissolved and he fell through to his legs um, he survived and he was rehabilitated but yeah th- those people are daredevils oh for sure i really liked i have at the jagger museum how they wove in the hawaiian some of the hawaiian legends and hawaiian kind of the cultural stories that they tell about pele not pele is that pele yeah 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 um pele the goddess goddess of volcanoes volcanoes and fire um and so that that to me was really interesting how they really honor the um, Hawaiian traditions and mix in the science part too. Right, that was what our post was all about, yep. how they weaved the uh, science and culture. Uh, so beyond those, the, the lava lake, which was super cool to visit, especially at night, uh, we saw a ton of cool stuff. One of my favorites was um, doing that walk through an old caldera, uh, which is basically a huge crater created by uh, an, uh, an eruption when we saw remember and the ground was just kind of smoking yeah, the ground was just smoking everywhere steam was coming out of these vents so that was amazing just to see it you know under your feet all of this steam coming out um i really liked that the campground was free oh yeah that, <laughs> that was, was a big nice. plus oh for sure and yeah, it's just first come, first serve. So you, I think 
it was popular when we were there. So I yeah. don't know if we really got a real site or not, but you can just camp on the the lava flow uh, because everywhere you you are has is lava rock. Yeah, it's not active. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's not like don't go to the bathroom where you might fall <laughs> into the lava. The floor is lava. I know the tent floor is lava. <laughs> Love that game. Anyway, went to a lava tube. That was really cool. Yeah. That, that was really awesome. That's a really popular, very short, family-friendly hike. Yeah, basically a cave that uh, had a tube of lava. You know, everything around it hardened, and it just created lava this tube through. that the lava, lava yeah. flowed through. As the outside is hardening. Very cool. We also did a couple other short little hikes, um, and we also drove the Chain of Craters Road. Which we got to, to walk out and see some petroglyphs. We also got to see a sea arch. Overall, I thought the Chain of Craters Road was slightly underwhelming. You definitely got to go down there, though. It's I thought it was awesome to drive down the Chain of Craters Road and see on either side just desolate black lava rock uh, as far as you can see. Um, There's also a part, I remember you walked out to a part where um, you can see the old road. That was just destroyed by the flow, right? You can kind of see where the lines that go down. Right. Part of it's like you can see the concrete from the old road that was just torn apart by this lava flow. Yeah. That was really cool, too. Another thing to mention is Mauna Kea at sunset. Now, this isn't actually Mauna Loa, which is the big 14er that is in the in the park, but... Mauna Kea is in the park. Oh, okay. Is it? I think. No, I don't think so. That's where we did the we'll star check. party, right? Right. Yeah, I don't think that's in the park. Anyway, we explored kind of the whole island. And this is on the big <coughs> island, by the way. I guess we should have mentioned that. This is on the big island of Hawaii, um, the whole park. So we were all around just exploring the island. And yeah, we visited three other NPS sites. That were all really good. Yeah. The, uh, really... National um, historic sites, I believe. Yeah. One was a historic park. We'll, we'll post those, the ones that the three that we went to. Got our little stamps. Um, and then, yeah, this was... Mauna Kea was just another... Just a, like a little side trip that we did, and we really enjoyed it. We got to watch the sunset up. You know, we were planning on driving all the way up to the top. Right. We got We got up to, like, you know... A third of the way up where the observatory is, and uh, not the big observatory, I guess, but like the little visitor center. And there was a sign that said, four-wheel drive required, no rental cars, and so we are like, uh, probably shouldn't. We have two-wheel drive and definitely a rental car, so yeah. no go. Definitely a Fiesta, Ford Fiesta. Yeah, and don't try it either, because you will get uh, stuck. But yeah, definitely worth a, a check out. Definitely worth it to check out the uh, the astronomy visitor center and go at night so you can see through the telescopes and everything. Really cool. Um, tons of things to do on the Big Island, actually. Oh, yeah. And a lot of it, though, was closed, unfortunately. Yeah. The Big Island was one of our favorite islands. We went to three in Hawaii. It was the favorite island, I'd say. I liked Maui better. Really? I think so, yeah. But this one was very, very cool. Unfortunately, though, a lot of it was closed off because of um, dengue fever. 
Yeah, there was a whole section up north where it gets more rainforesty. A lot of waterfalls. Really wanted to go to really popular area for people to visit. Yeah, um, that we didn't get to because it was closed. It's got a state park that starts with a W that people rave about. Mm-hmm. And then down south, though, you can get to the most southern point in the U.S. Uh, there's a green beach from green rocks that have been Yeah, there's to a sand. ton of stuff that we wanted to do. Um, the island is just so big, though, and the park was so cool. We wanted to stay there for a lot longer yeah. than we thought. We thought we would do just a couple days at the park, but we ended up, we you know, we wanted to see a lot of, um, go to a lot of ranger programs. They had a ton it's funny because there must be just a ton of German visitors because they, they have their ranger programs in English and then they offer some in German. It's a, just a very popular um, German destination. And we actually got to hang out with um, a German tourist who we picked up as he was hitchhiking his way back to the campground. Yeah, it was really uh, weird. Yeah, a weird run in. He was very nice. He was like a 17, 18 year old kid. Doing a gap year after high school, um, and it was like nine o'clock at night though, pitch black, and and this campground is not close to anything. It's like probably four miles down the main park road, and then another four on a gravel road. So I don't know how he was planning on getting back to the campground. Yeah, because there were not a lot of cars going by, Uh, so we had to give him a ride, of course. Um, And we're nice people, but. Then he also hung out with us the next day too, so we got to. He kind of leeched a little. Uh, he was he was a good good kid. Uh, we really enjoyed uh, hanging out with him and doing some trails. Um, yeah, so there was just a lot to do at the park, and we didn't get to see too much of the rest of the island. But awesome, awesome park, definitely. You know, one of our definitely in the top of our list i think yeah just a cool experience overall like no other park has so many volcanoes or you know so many active volcanoes for sure and speaking of how bringing it back to how the parks are changing if you can visit in another 100,000 years or so you will actually see a whole new island of Hawaii starting to form above the surface. But what if I want to visit in 111,000 years? I don't know. You'll probably still see it. <laughs> it changes kidding. really slowly. I know. But yeah, there's an underground volcano right now. Not underground, underwater volcano right now uh, that is spewing out lava and gradually building up underneath the ocean to and will eventually rise above um, the the surface, create a new Hawaii island, just like has been happening for thousands uh, and thousands of years because that whole chain of islands has been created from one hot spot that mm-hmm. the continental plate is slowly moving over. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting to learn about that geology, too. In mo- constantly in motion. <laughs> so the important thing to remember, I suppose, is that it's not all about us. It's not Even all about the visitors. Yeah, we Sometimes we wish it was. Sometimes we just, you know, like the, like the Yelp reviewers, they just want showers. <laughs> and it's hard to blame them sometimes. But the best decision uh, is 
for the national parks is to preserve the natural elements of the park. Um, so that's really what we should all remember. Um, and we can do stuff about it too. So, you know, as we always try and say, people, you know, you, us, um, everybody can help our parks, whether it's reducing your personal carbon footprint, you know, taking that shuttle around the park instead of clogging up the roads with your vehicle, or using, uh, reusing your water bottle. And even packing out some of your trash that can be recycled. You can't always recycle trash. You can usually recycle some things at the national parks. They do a pretty good job with that. But if you think about it, to get, you know, to get a big truck all the way up to the top of some overlook just so you can recycle your plastic water bottles, you can th just think about how you can maybe pack out some of that stuff. Yeah. And of course, vote, you know, make sure that we have leaders who have the park's best interest in mind. Um, we're going to, you know, see how that unfolds with the change in administration and everything. Uh, then just stay aware, stay educated. Of course, keep listening to this beautiful, wonderful podcast. I try not to be coughing as much next time. Yeah. Yeah, you did a, a you really powered through. I won't tell you how many times we have are going to have to cut out her coughs. <laughs> <coughs> you poor thing. I know. You'll get better someday. I hope so. Yeah. So, sorry if we've been a little uh, distracted and all over the place, but we really wanted to get this podcast out to yeah, you Yeah, we've all. already put it off for a couple days. Yeah. We're a few days late as it is. Yeah, so, um, but speaking of putting it off, don't put off visiting the parks <laughs> because you never know what they're going to look like down the road. Uh, just get out there and get out there as soon as you can. All right, so today we are going to share a review from iTunes, which is so nice of you guys to, we've had, we have a few reviews on there and we so appreciate it. This is a review from someone named Newly Adventurous, is their username. And they said, really, they gave us five stars. They said, really enjoy listening to you both. I loved your adventure and appreciate you bringing your knowledge to a podcast. Woot woot. So thank you, Newly Adventurous. If you are listening to this, please email us and we will get you a postcard because that's what we're going to be, we're going to start doing now. Yeah, and if you want to leave a review on iTunes, we'd love to have it. If we mention you on the podcast, we will send you a postcard, and we'll do the same if you leave a voicemail with a question for us on our blog. So just go there and go to one of the podcast uh, show notes because uh, we put for each episode of the podcast, we have a post with show notes on there with all extra stuff and references and articles, um, and you can do a voicemail that has a question, too, and we'll answer it on our next episode. So, thanks for checking us out today. We'll be back next week to talk about parks who live in the shadows of other parks. If you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love for you to share us with a friend, give us a rating on iTunes, find us on Facebook and Instagram, at Switchback Kids, uh, etc. And you can always get additional National Park 
videos, posts, guides, and more on our blog at switchbackkids.com. Switchbacks out. out. We're going to have to cut so much out. <coughs> okay. Dying. Okay. Yeah, so... cut it out it's easier in that way sorry <laughs> let's take another break thank you babe ah, okay here we go